Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good evening, one and all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to your Friday night edition of The Sea Report. Uh, we are coming to you live on this Friday, July 1st. It's a holiday weekend here, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidus. My mustache is getting a little bit too furry here. I'm probably going to have to trim it soon and i hope that all of you all are doing well on this friday evening welcome 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 it's a great day here in america and it's a great day here at the c studios we've got a great show ahead of you all tonight at least i'd like to say so myself i am a little bit biased but uh well you know that's just how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, full show ahead of us tonight, guys. Got a whole bunch of interesting stories. Some stories, of course, I've been meaning to catch up with. Uh, for the sake of continuity and fluidity. Uh, not gender fluidity. Okay. Uh, for the sake of story fluidity lines. Uh, and uh, everything that uh, uh, I just know the C audience is dying to hear about. Okay. So, uh, yeah. We got a couple good stories. I can tell you right off the top of the bat, we are going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. We have to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell, of course, because after all, as uh, disheartening, as disappointing, as expected, as her uh, sentencing might be, ladies and gentlemen, well, uh, it's, it's going to be put on the table for tonight. Tonight, we're gearing towards a Suzanne Tube-friendly episode, so there will be scarce or scant any type of uh, talk about uh, things where people make decisions about future uh, political or city or state or countrywide leaders and they put their opinions in a box and then, you know, the opinions that go in the box get manipulated in a machine and then from there it gets, like, uh, retabulated by the official uh, box opinion counter of the state and that gets manipulated and then, you know, everyone just ends up with nothing that they wanted to begin with but yet they're forced to believe because the media tells us that that is just the way it is so i think you guys have a good idea of what i'm talking about now i need to get back onto the um opinion manipulator box machine uh heads of state stories though because i mean that is a feature that we uh, talk about here a lot at the sea report but you know we just uh we get banned we get censored we get kicked off we get silenced whenever we talk about such things you know I mean, you guys know of course uh, particularly on Susano tube right and, uh, well, you know, considering that, uh, you know, developing more of this uh, other uh, platform, I keep on talking about this other platform. I promise you guys, I will bring you a video uh, in the next coming days about uh, the said platform I keep on going on about. But uh, at the moment, the platform utilizes Susano Tube links uh, in order to get... Uh, the message across, which I think is actually kind of contradictory for what the platform is supposed to be, but they will get it figured out, ladies and gentlemen. It's 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 late. It's breaking. It's uh, newer than anything else that is out there at the moment. It's not yet caught fire. It hasn't even caught wind yet, to be quite honest with you guys. But I think once they get all of their uh, you know um, I's dotted and T's crossed, all their uh, all their cues in order, so to speak. Uh, it's going to be something rather remarkable. So uh, tonight we're going to gear towards 
um, a uh, Sans Charlie Victor, Sans um, uh, Sans Opinion Manipulation type of storyline. But we got a whole bunch of other great uh, stories, headlines, news, current events to share with you guys. And uh, hey, um, if I can get uh, an episode like this across the screens at Suzanne Tube, there's no telling how little of an impact it will make on the overall viewership of this show. Probably very, very little, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I've already lost some of my audience. Jeez Louise. You know, they're like, oh, not talking about election integrity. Let me go get to the uh, other entertaining uh, individuals uh, that can give us uh, better news than uh, what you can, Mr. C. So it's all good, though. Mm -mm -mm. It's all good. You know, I was actually like uh, kind of debating like, oh, like what stories are we going to put into tonight's episode? Got, got a bunch of good stories. I, I, I would say they're good stories anyways. But, you know, as I said, I am biased. Uh, most definitely biased, uh, and it's great to be here, guys. It's great to be here. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well out there. As I said, it's a wonderful Friday. It's a holiday weekend. You know, some of us will get that good old three-day weekend, uh, as, uh, we have, uh, the 4th of July coming up on a Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. And, um, I don't know. I haven't even decided yet what kind of festivities we're going to put on for our Monday show. Maybe we'll do an entire, you know, uh, opinion manipulator show or, you know, or maybe we'll just have like an all-star panel of fun on Monday. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. haven't even thought that I'm not, I have not even gotten that far in my life yet, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but let's go ahead and move forward. Uh, so this way we can get on into the show coming to you guys at seven. Oh, well, I had a scheduled for seven and five on some platforms, seven on some other platforms, but, uh, we're all here alive and well now, ladies and gentlemen, and it is good to be here. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's get into a little bit of housekeeping, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so that this way, uh, you know, we can get on with the share. There we go. Just checking out some of the other platforms. Looks like we got, uh, we are live on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven platforms tonight. So that's kind of fun. I need to get my money's worth, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they charge up the wazoo just to be able to uh, stream on multiple platforms. So, uh, well, you know, uh, might as well milk it while I can. I'll get in the bunker over at the foxhole too eventually. I mean, I received some instructions for that, but uh, even that is kind of hard for me to parse through. Okay, so let's do some quick housekeeping before we get tonight's show going. Make sure you guys stop on over to thecreport.com, ladies and gentlemen, because America is awake ladies and gentlemen. So stop on over to thecreport.com, get you some words of wisdom, okay? Get you some words of wisdom. I'll repeat this one again, just because I think this one is just such a good go-getter type of a statement. A strict observance of the written law is doubtless one of the high duties of a good citizen, but it is not the highest. The laws of necessity, of self-preservation, of saving our country when in danger, are of a higher obligation. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Thomas Jefferson who wrote that one. How about this one down here? Let's take a look at this little one down here. This one says, uh, knowledge will forever govern ignorance and people 
a people who mean to be put, who mean to be their own governors. Don't, don't forget, guys, we are a, a country of self-governance, right? We we govern ourselves here, supposedly, allegedly, uh, uh, emphatically. I would say that's as it should be. But knowledge will forever govern ignorance, and a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. That is, of course. James Madison. So stop on over to thecreport.com so you can keep up with the show and you you know sign up for the mailing list just in case anything should ever happen to go south. I don't think that things will at this point, ladies and gentlemen. I think that there are enough platforms out there that do not uh, censor that, uh, you know, you'll always be able to access the C report on your favorite platform naturally, ladies and gentlemen, is kind of the way I feel. Uh, but nevertheless, sign up for that email list anyway, so you can uh, stay abreast on other things that are going on with the C report. Like uh, if you click on the uh, store button right here, boop, and head on over into the Sea Report store while you can keep up with your uh, um, favorite Sea Report, uh, Mr. C, Mr. C TV merchandise, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because you guys asked for it. No, you demanded it. You're like, hey, Mr. C, we need some Mr. C merchandise. Uh, we went ahead and relented. I should say I went ahead and relented. Uh, we got some new designs in the store. You know, I had to show it in the, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you call this? Uh, tank top, right? From the state house to the white house, it is rhino hunting season and it is a hot one out there, guys. So several different kind of cuts, several different kind of uh, uh, styles, colors, whatever have you. You want, you like it in blue, you like it in black, you like it in red. Uh, some people even like it in purple, right? You can get your it's rhino hunting season shirt, ladies and gentlemen, today. And uh, let people know exactly, let every Republican in name only know that their time is up. We the people are awake and can finally see the lies, duplicitousness, and inactivity of these so-called representatives. It's rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. It's rhino hunting season. Get your President Trump Kofefe shirt. Uh, again, we got them in multiple colors. You like it in green. You like, oh God, this thing, uh, come on. Don't move so slow. Don't move so slow. There we go. You like it in green. You like it in sky blue. <laughs> come on. It's moving so slow. Uh, you like it in ash gray or hey, you know what? Maybe you're a lady or maybe you just like the color pink and uh, you like it in pink. You can get it in pink as well. Never let anyone tell you that Kofefe means other than what it actually means, ladies and gentlemen. And some of you guys might be saying, well, what the heck does Kofefe mean? It was such a wonderful meme. It was such a wonderful way to drive the media crazy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Kofefe, as I'm sure everyone is now realizing, as I'm sure it's coming to the light, ladies and gentlemen, stands for the Communications Over Various Feeds Electronically for Engagement Act of 2017. Guys, we've done shows based on sharing the truth with the patriots who were slightly confused out there about Kofefe. You know, they just wanted to milk it for all it was. But HR 2884 has nothing to do with coffee, has nothing to do with misspelling words. 
words, it is all about a bill that was passed in 2017 that fortified, solidified, and uh, created a stronger presence for presidential uh, records that would include social media platforms and the internet. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, anything a president says across the ether of the interwebs would now be recorded as part of the presidential records. That is the essence of Kofefe. And nobody figured it out until we started talking about it here on this show. All right, you can also get uh, some classic Mr. CTV design. Of course, that's the logo. You see it right up here in the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. CTV, put it on a t-shirt for you. Just if you wanna support the overall broadcast channel, because we've got other shows here on Mr. CTV. We don't just do the C-Report. Look at the little banner down here. We do Lone Star News. We do See in the Dark. We have the Speak It Easy's This Is News. All of that comes out on Mr. CTV. Of course, you have your classic CTV, uh, Mr. C-Report. With Oh, you should get that mug off the screen, right? <laughs> okay. Or the C-Report News news design, as well as, uh, you know, nothing cooler than drinking a nice, crisp, cold beer out of a tall glass like that. With the C-Report, you can, uh, of course, uh, support the show in more ways than one and get yours, which is my favorite design, actually, the Everything Woke Turns to Shit General Victoria Mark Millie Mug, uh, equipped with lipstick and nails, ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget the nails, and let's not forget the classic line, everything woke turns to shit. This is a limited edition, ladies and gentlemen. As soon as they sue my ass, this mug is coming off of the website. So get that while you can. All right. I think we're done with uh, plugging the store and the merchandise, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we get uh, plenty of uh, support from all of you. It's much appreciated. Uh, whether you're dropping gold pills over at the foxhole.app or pill.net, whether you're sending some love over to the cash app over at dollar sign M-A-C-X-5 by 5, whether you are a subscriber to our podcast version of the show over at uh, anchor.fm, and many thanks to those who are subscribing on a monthly basis over on that platform. Thank you so much for your support. Or, you know, you are buying the merchandise, you are supporting this show. Like I said, to stream on seven to eight platforms ain't cheap. Uh, is it, has it been worth the return? Well, you know, just by the small chance, just by the medium chance, just by the chance period, that someone on one of those seven or eight platforms will come across this broadcast and uh, will be enlightened with a little bit of truth that they may not have heard anywhere else, it is worth it, ladies and gentlemen, even if it's currently coming out of my pocket. But you know what? Your support, whether it be through merchandise or any of the other ways I have listed in the last 30 seconds, is greatly appreciated. And it all goes back to continuing the work that I do here at the C Report and at Mr. C TV. I mean, all the broadcasting I do at Mr. C TV, it ain't just like, you know, uh, entertainment shenanigans. You know, see in the dark, we tackle some, uh, you know, issues that have to do and are completely relevant with the topics that we uh, talk about over here at the C Report and at Lone Star News. We talk about Texas news and current events. And in addition to that, we do watch parties with uh, documentaries and also uh, rallies and livestream 
streams and hearings and committee hearings and judicial hearings. That's what Mr. CTV is all about, ladies and gentlemen. We're not just going to show you like some uh, frivolous little cartoon or like, you know, some type of sitcom. Although, if I could get together some type of sitcom that still had some relevance uh, as far as like, I don't know, inserting ideas of patriotism or a moral uprightness for the human spirit, I would do it. But I just don't have the production value or money to do it. I could write it. Uh, but, you know, everything else, that's just kind of uh, we're not at that point here at Mr. CTV. But with your support, maybe someday I'll get there, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I'm not just going to, you know. I'm going to do what I can, but anyhow, guys, so uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, tonight's episode real quick. Want to send out some love and some acknowledgments to Patriot 1776 and also Curtis Cross hanging out over there at uh, pill.net, the foxhole.app. Patriot 1776 says, wondering if you are wearing the suit to our meetup, Mr. C. Oh, Patriot, are you kidding me? I know you're up in New Jersey, okay? But uh, wait till you get down and meet the Texas heat. And I think that will answer the question for you. <laughs> I really doubt I will be in my suit. You know, I mean, the last few uh, live engagements I've done, like the... Uh, the um, a Patriot Double Down in Las Vegas. I was, of course, in suit and tie. When I was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, I was wearing my red blazer. You guys remember my red blazer? I just can't wear it with this red background, you know? It just, it, it'd be a wash, okay? So that's why you guys haven't seen my red blazer in a long time, it feels like, anyways. But maybe someday I'll bring it back and uh, we'll just switch up the background a little bit so it's not so uh, much of a wash. All right, guys, let's get into tonight's C report. We're going to start off with a statement from President Trump as per the huge, because after all, President Trump leads here at the C report. We only got one statement per se to share with you all. Let me go ahead and expand that. And uh, let's go ahead and see if we can't make that a little bit bigger. Oh, there we go. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Now you can read it just like I can. Uh, here's the statement from our president. It goes this way. It says here, hearing Larry Hogan has uh, tried to come to the rescue of his fellow never-Trumper Kelly Schultz. They say the Democrats want to face Dan Cox in the general election when the opposite is true. It is just more Democrat disinformation. They want weak Rhino Schultz, who is endorsed by the Amazon's Washington Compost. That's Amazon.com, y'all, right? Okay. That's Jeff Bezos, y'all, right? Okay. The Schultz campaign is coming up with last-minute smears because they know their candidate is losing and losing big. Let me go and get myself off the screen there. It says Schultz even got a tip on what the Democrat Governor Association is doing. Collusion. It's also phony games. The last thing radical left Democrats want is a real fighter in Maryland. And let me tell you what, guys, Maryland needs a lot of help. OK, the Make America Great Again candidate will who will save Maryland from the lunatics trying to destroy. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait it says here. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I skipped a sentence. Let me go back. 
Um, the last thing the radical left Democrats want is a real fighter in Maryland or any other great state, and that's Dan Cox all the way. Dan is the Make America Great Again candidate who will save Maryland from the lunatics trying to destroy our borders, destroy our economy, destroy our energy, and destroy our schools. Primary day is July 19th. Vote for Dan Cox and his fantastic running mate, Gordana Schifolinelli, who both have my complete and total endorsement. They will never let you down, ladies and gentlemen. So, oh, it's pretty cool. So we had a double endorsement coming out of President Trump's, or I should say from President Trump's desk today, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, that's a pretty good way. We haven't, we haven't, uh, we haven't um, read off an endorsement from President Trump in a little bit of a minute, ladies and gentlemen, not anything too intentional, but uh, well, that's what we got, you know. Um, what else do we got though? Oh no, I closed it all away. It's not what I intended to do. Um, it's all good, ladies and gentlemen. It's all good. We'll fix that on the interim, on the outside. Okay, so uh, yeah, so we have this uh, statement from President Trump. It was the only one that I had to share with you guys this evening. But some other interesting uh, things coming out of the Trump Osphere, Trump Universe, Trump, you know, uh, a current uh, a legacy of events, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, as you know, we were talking about about lying Cassidy Hutchison just the other day, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this woman has pretty much totally been debunked uh, like to the gods, mama. Like basically Cassidy Hutchinson is like, she basically spiked the punch for the Democrats. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's bad. It's pretty bad. So uh, I wanted, before we get into talking a little bit more about lying Cassidy Hutchinson, I wanted to share with you guys uh, a recent interview from President Trump, right? This is going to be a little bit of a way to uh, pick up some of the lack of statements for President Trump today. Day, uh, that he did with News Mask. Uh, that's right, News Mask with a K and a C. News Mask, right? Uh, uh, about lying Cassidy Hutchinson. I'm pretty sure most of you guys have caught this interview. Uh, actually, I need to uh, get a setup for good sound here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm just telling you guys, uh, they really dropped the ball in a huge way whenever they signed up lying Cassidy Hutchinson uh, for this uh, January 6th unselect committee hearing thing. Okay. All right. My internet is running slow. So give me a moment here, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll get this screen running. Come on, screen. Let's get going. Here, let me try this. Hold on. I might freeze for a minute. Boop. Maybe so, maybe no, maybe no, maybe so. Oh, there we go, frozen. Oh, maybe not, okay. Mmm, mmm. You guys don't wanna be staring at my ugly mug this whole time, hold on. Do, 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 do. Let me do this real quick. <laughs> you guys are probably like, what are you doing, Mr. C? What are you doing? Uh, okay, give me a moment. Okay, there it goes. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna do what I want it to do, or maybe not, maybe not. Hold on, just a moment, just a moment. 
Okay, I know how to fix this. Make it stay. Do, 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 do. Well, so President Trump has this uh, interesting interview, ladies and gentlemen, on Newsmask, where he talks about lying Cassidy Hutchinson. It's okay, we'll get her, we'll get her going. I want to make sure you guys get good sound, and that's what the holdup is right now. Okay, uh, give me one moment. I'll be right back. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, do not ask me how these things happen, okay? Uh, but uh, thank you so much for waiting in the wings. I apologize on that delay. Let me make sure we are running well on all streams. We're back, we're back, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Uh, just a moment. I had to uh, kill one of my live streams. I guess maybe I was running on too many live streams. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, let me see if we got sound. Uh Uh, thank you so we much. got sound. Okay, guys. Aha! Just when they thought they had me down, ladies and gentlemen, we shall prevail. <laughs> okay, it's good to be back, y'all. Thank you so much for waiting. I hope you guys got your snacks. I hope you went to the bathroom. I hope you uh, called all of your family and friends and said, tune in to the Sea Report right now. Uh, it's going to be one of those episodes. Okay, so, uh, you know, we're back, and I'm not even going to question how I ended up getting this thing running once again, ladies and gentlemen. It's up, and it's going. And as soon as I pop back on, everyone over at Rumble just leaves. Okay, they're like, damn it, he got it to work. Crap. Okay, good to be back. Raven2000, good to see you. Patriot 1776 Curtis Cross, uh, Disco Ball, thanks for hanging out in the audience. Thanks for keeping the seats warm over there while we uh, got this thing up and running again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all my haters are disappointed right now. Okay, all right. Uh, do I have haters? Nah, I don't got haters. Anyways, okay. Let's go ahead and move on, ladies and gentlemen. Where did we leave off? Oh, yeah, I was going to share with you guys this interview here uh, with President Trump on Newsmask uh, talking about this Cassidy Hutchinson, ladies and gentlemen, the lying Cassidy Hutchinson. Uh, 
And uh, well, this is what President Trump had to say about it, and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get into a little bit more about it, guys, because uh, apparently everyone is coming for Cassidy Hutchinson now. Uh, probably most of all, I would have no doubt <laughs> the uh, January sixth unselect committee. Okay, here we go. It's been an interesting couple of days, Mr. President. The uh, the January sixth committee yesterday holding uh, a special session with what they're calling apparently some new some new evidence. They had a, a junior staffer, Cassidy Hutchinson, 26 years old. She made some wild secondhand accusations about you. Crazy. What'd you make of that? I thought it was absolutely crazy. Uh, this committee is, a lot of people say, illegally formed. But when you look at what they're doing and when you look at what they're saying and what they're doing to the country, uh, now the good news is a lot of people aren't watching. A lot of people aren't listening to it. But they're try trying to do real harm. We went through Russia, Russia, Russia. We went through Ukraine. We went through the Mueller report. Not, no collusion after three years, two and a half years. And now we're going through this. It's a one-way sideshow. It's a horrible thing that they can do to the country where they take this kind of time. They don't talk about making America great anymore. All they do is investigate everybody. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, this lady yesterday... Is something wrong with her? Is there something wrong? She said, I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent right. who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car uh, that said that I wanted guns at my rally. I didn't want guns. I have to speak to and I don't did, want guns for anybody. Did you grab steering wheel? Is, that, is there any truth uh, of to that? Of course not. Is that ridiculous? In fact, the Secret Service came out and said that this story is totally false. Yeah. The woman is living in fantasy land. She's a social climber, if you call that social. Uh, I, I think it's just a shame that this is happening to our country. And we don't have any Republicans up there to dispute it. We have one who quit, Kinzinger. We have another one who's down by 35 points yeah, in Wyoming. Uh, she's a total disaster. She's a train wreck. But think of it, nobody to cross-examine Professor Dershowitz said you can't do where you have a hearing and there's no cross-examination. This would have been the easiest cross-examination anywhere. And they put her on and they don't even confirm it with the Secret Service. The Secret Service people in the car said this didn't happen. But but you don't even need that. Who would do that? I would I would grab a Secret Service person by the throat. I don't even know if it's possible. Certainly not in the beast. It's but very even hard. One, even in one of the SUVs. Well, it's very hard for another reason. These guys lift 350 pounds. Right, right. I, I saw I you don't. get out of the SUV tonight. It seemed like it was pretty smooth. Yeah, uh, no, it, grabbing it's, anything. it's fine. I mean, I, but, you know, these are people. These are great people. These are great people. They've devoted their lives to it. And I think they were very embarrassed by it because it yeah. makes them sound terrible. Tony Ornato and Bobby Engel. Uh, They're well great. I, I know them very records. well. Sterling. They're records. sterling. Um, and it was very nice that they came to my defense. I thought it was incredible, actually. Uh, because, you know, some whack job can say this stuff and get away with it. And other things that I wanted guns at my rally. Okay, now I'm speaking. Why would I want guns? I don't want people having standing with guns in my rally. I don't remember but seeing she said, any AR-15s at the Capitol. Well, she wasn't complaining. Six. And the other thing about this woman, she wanted to work for me after January 6th. She was a big Trump fan. She wanted to work for me in Florida. And we chose not to bring her down because I got very bad things. I hardly knew her. And I said, well, if she's no good, I got somebody called up, numerous people, that she's not good. I won't say why that she's not good, but 
Uh, plenty of reasons. Why? I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say that she was not respected by the people in the White House. So they thought she shouldn't go down. I was going down to Florida with a group of people, great group of people, mm -hmm. patriots, and her name was thrown out there, and they said, keep, stay away from her. They said bad things about her. And then I see her, and I, again, I hardly know who she is. And then I see this woman getting up, and she's making up stories, like, one after another. But the craziest of all was that I tried to commandeer, I think they used that word, I tried to commandeer uh, a car with Secret Service agents telling them to take, to take us down to the Capitol. It was totally false. And that a person can get away with it. And then I watch The Times and The Washington Post, and I watch, uh, I get reviews on MSDNC and CNN. They hardly even talk about the fact that she's been totally discredited. So it's a very sad thing that this is allowed to take place in our country, that somebody can just get there without cross-examination, with no Republicans on the committee, which I think was a mistake. I think we should have had Republicans on the committee. Jim Baxter and Jordan. I, I think they should do something. Is this going to go on forever? Is this going to just keep going on and on? They get one person. Uh, they have to ask her, why did she want to go so badly with the Trump organization to Florida? She was all set to go. And then we determined that we didn't want her. Do you think those Secret Service agents will get the opportunity to testify? I hope they do. I hope they can testify. I think the woman is, uh, she's got serious problems. Let me put it that way. What did you make of Fox Mental News? Mental problems. Yeah. What did you make of Fox News and other media outlets latching onto this story? Uh, you know, I heard Brett Baer last night say, well, why would she risk perjury? She could go to jail. And, and I'm sitting there at home thinking to myself, well, this is a Democratic panel. They're not going to charge their own star witness with perjury, even if it is, if it is true. I heard that Brett Baer said that, which is obviously strange. You know, I look. Fred Bear. Uh, here's the story. It didn't happen. Other things didn't happen. They said that I encouraged people to have guns. I didn't encourage people. I've never spoke to anybody about it. Right. I didn't encourage anybody to have guns. And I'm one of the speakers. I don't want people out there with guns for me either. Right. But I don't want, maybe more importantly, for other people to get hurt. I don't want that to happen. Uh, you look at the fact that we had, I recommended from 10 to 20,000 troops be there. Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. turned it down. Yeah. All of these things took place. They turned it down. We're not hearing about that during these hearings. They don't even cover it. They refuse to mention it. You'll never see it. You rarely see it, see it in the fake news. Uh, think of it. If they put not 10,000 troops or 20,000 troops, I recommend it between 10 and 20, right. in front of numerous witnesses, in front of people, and in front of the people that actually do that. So if we would have had not 10,000 troops, but 500, 500 tiny proportion of that, you wouldn't have January 6th, as it is called. It wouldn't have even existed. There wouldn't have been a problem. They didn't like the look of it. They said, well, we don't like the look of it. And I could feel there was a big crowd forming. It just felt like a lot of people were right. talking about right. January 6th. And the thing they don't talk about is the incredible size of the group of people that I spoke to, because I think it was the biggest or certainly one of the biggest groups I've ever spoken before, and I've spoken to big crowds, like for few people have spoken to bigger. And this was, I think, at the top of the list or very close to it. And from there, a small group, relatively speaking, a small group went down to the Capitol. But for this girl to sit there and just, I think, just make up stories. You know, many years ago, there was a man named John Lovitz. Yeah. And he did a routine called The Liar. Yeah. 
she should look at it. She should look at it. That's SNL. Um, how much of this is about trying to prevent you from running again? Well, I think a lot of in it 2024. is. Yeah, I'm leading in all the polls. Every poll. Against Republicans and Democrats. I'm leading in the Republican polls at numbers that nobody's ever even seen before. And against uh, Biden and anybody else that they run, I'm leading against them. Now, this is just a way of, look, look at the dishonesty of this committee. They don't talk about any of the things that refute January 6th. They don't talk about the election numbers. They don't analyze the election. The people were there because the election was rigged and stolen. So what they should be doing is trying to convince people that it wasn't. You do that through analyzing the numbers. They don't want to do that. In fact, they don't even want to hear that and Fox doesn't put it on. And by the way, you people don't put it on either. You're afraid of being sued or something. I don't know. Someday you'll have to explain that. This is uh, 2000. In fact, they'll probably cut what I'm saying out of course right not. now. I don't know. No, no, of course I not. This will not. be on Wake Up don't America tomorrow don't morning, sir. Absolutely not. But get it no, done I will fast. not allow that. Get it yes. done fast. Okay. Uh, okay. I got to stop right there. He just called their asses out, ladies and gentlemen. You people on Newsmask don't put it there either. Oh, snap, ladies and gentlemen. That was, that was good. That was good. He's making sure that uh, he's holding them accountable, ladies and gentlemen. That was simply amazing. He made him say 2,000 mules. He made him acknowledge that they are not putting anything about election fraud. And, and look at look at the smug little smile. He's like, of course not, sir. Of course we're not going to censor you. Of course we're going to put it on there. Of course we're not going to censor you, sir. Of course we're not going to cut it. That was good. That was good. Okay, here, here for those who are making or are holding them to the fire. Okay, news mask. Okay, officially associated with media matters. Okay, news mask. Mask. You ain't gonna hear that anywhere else, but maybe one other uh, place, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I didn't say it; Tory said it. Okay, let's finish up this interview. Six. They don't talk about the election numbers. They don't analyze the election. The people were there because the election was rigged and stolen. So what they should be doing is trying to convince people that it wasn't. You do that through analyzing the numbers. They don't want to do that. In fact, they don't even want to hear that. And Fox doesn't put it on. And by the way, you people don't put it on either. You're afraid of being sued or something. I don't know. Someday you'll have to explain that. This is uh, 2000. In fact, they'll probably cut what I'm saying out of course right not. now. Out of no, 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 of course I not. This will not. be on Wake Up don't America tomorrow don't morning, sir. Out. Absolutely not. But get it no, done I will fast. not allow that. Get it yes. done fast before Chris sees it, okay? <laughs> but they might cut it out. And let's yeah. just see. I hope they put it on. Yeah. But this was about a rigged and stolen election that millions and millions of people felt is true. I saw a number, I think it was 78% of the Republican Party felt that. That's a, big, that's a big thing. And if that's the case, and by the way, large numbers of Democrats and very large numbers of independents. So if that's the case, nobody wants to have a country where they think the elections are rigged and stolen. So they should be going over and analyzing the numbers. The reason they don't do it is they can't win. Because we have, if you look at 2,000 mules, if you look at the ballot stuffing, if you look at all of these different things that we have, many, many different things that we have, you look at all of the affidavits by the thousands, you take a look at it, you can't lose that. The one thing they don't want to talk about when they talk about silencing, right. the one thing they don't want to talk about are the election results because they can't win. The judges were afraid of it. Everybody's afraid of it. Your network's afraid of it. Fox is afraid of it. They don't want to talk about the election results. 
And that's the thing they should be talking about, because our country should feel still, that we have still safe and secure elections. Say it. Do you think we should still be talking about it? Just because I think there is so much more that we can talk about. No, no, I... they... Do you think that we should still be talking about it? Don't make me talk about it. I'm trying to get tonight's episode on Suzanne Tube. Which, I mean, it's not even, like, a dignified type of, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's not even a, a dignified type of, uh, type of, uh, uh, look at this polka dot tie. It's not even a dignified type of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of a desire, right? Let's, let's get tonight's episode on Suzanne Tube, right? And, uh, do you think we should still be talking about it? Do you think we should stop, still be talking about the E word and 2020? Really? Like news mask, your mask over your news, you fake, your phony, and I wish I never laid eyes on you. Maybe with that, maybe in conjunction, but but what's happened, sir? But you don't want it to happen again. I, I couldn't agree more. And what's happened in the last 18 months, I didn't envision it. Your last day in office, 1.4% inflation. Election day 2020, gas is 239 a gallon. It's five bucks a gallon yeah. now. This happened, Jimmy Carter, it took him four years to ruin the economy. It's taken Joe Biden 17 months. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I agree with you. Just, yeah, I agree. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it, but people have to recognize what happened. And because of that, and because of what happened, our country's a mess. We have, we were energy. I mean, we were, we had more energy than anybody. And now we're asking Saudi Arabia to send us oil, please. We're asking Venezuela, unthinkable, send us oil. We need your oil. We have it under, I call it liquid gold. We have it under our feet. Right. We were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant, bigger than Saudi Arabia and Russia combined within a very short period of time. So when I see that, but it all happened because of a bad election. So does that mean 2024, two and a half years from now? You, you haven't said anything. Um, you've hinted, you hinted Saturday night in Menden, Illinois. Um, are Melania and Barron on board with a possible run again in two and a half years? Well, they love our country and they hate to see what's happening. So at the right time, I'll be saying what I want to do. But they do. They love our country, both. Barron's a young man. Yep. And Melania is a first lady who is really loved. Yes. I will say yes. that. She, yep. I see the signs. We love our first lady. Mm -hmm. uh, but they love our country. So I think they'll do what has to be done Could you envision we decide a world? to go that way. Could you envision a world, sir, uh, where there is a Trump-DeSantis ticket in 2024? Well, I get along with him. I was very responsible for his success because I endorsed him and he went up like a rocket ship, just yes. like I endorsed Mary Miller the other day, who supposedly was not going to win and she won. She won. Just like uh, Darren Bailey is doing great. He just won. Yeah. I think he's going to beat Pritzker, one of the worst governors of the country. The Democrats apparently wanted that race. Several of these they, races. They say that. They're yeah. missing something. No, right? they like to say that. They always like to say that. They take somebody that's doing well and they say, he's the one we want. He's, it's called disinformation. Just like Russia, Russia, Russia. It's disinformation. Right. They said it about Mastriano, who's great. Mastriano in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. They said, oh, it was obvious. I endorsed him. It was obvious he was going to win. And they said it about him in Pennsylvania. Oh, we want him. They don't want him. It's just the opposite. But they say we want him or we want Bailey. And that's not the way it works. But I think we're going to have some tremendous candidates and some very successful candidates. Just final question. Would you support uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu running again in Israel? Well, I was disappointed with him in certain ways, but overall, I liked him very much. And uh, yeah, I would if he if he ran, I would certainly give it some thought. 
We'll see what happens. I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, he disappointed me in certain ways, but he also did a very good job in other ways. Mr. President, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much, Rick. Okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you that dude got in trouble with his uh, with his producers. They were like, you can't be saying that stuff and asking those questions. And then tell him that we're not going to cut and chop and screw up this interview. That was fun. That was fun. You know, what is going on with Israel these days anyways? What, what, what a way to end this interview, right? I mean, has, hasn't the Israeli government fallen apart for like the fifth time in the last like year or so? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're supposed to save Israel for last. Who am I echoing there whenever I say things like we need to save Israel for last? Ladies and gentlemen, who am I echoing there. Uh, real quick, uh, yes, um, I will echo the words of uh, D Patriot 1776 and Raven 2000. News mask is asshole. <laughs> Unchained01, thank you so much for tossing the cookie this way. Much appreciated. We're back on the air. Skeeterberg, what's up, Skeeterberg? And uh, good to see you in the audience. Skeeterberg says, uh, Mr. C, I printed out your crossword puzzles, uh, titled it a cheesy election. There's more to come, Skeeterberg. I'm going to throw some, uh, I'm going to throw some, uh, more, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, we're talking about our get-together, our meetup coming up in, uh, coming up in, uh, a few days, actually, uh, a few days removed, uh, but yes, uh, good answer, Raven2000, when we ask, uh, the question that I asked, <laughs> who is it that we were, uh, talking about there, huh? Well, before we get into any of that, 17th alphabetical letter conspiracy, okay? Uh, this, this lying Cassidy Hutchinson, who is flailing, who has been nailed to the wall. Not nailed. Uh, I mean, maybe there are some content creators that would like to nail that, okay? Not me, all right? But nailed this thing to the wall, all right? And just basically is totally totally uh destroyed like dropped like you know uh dropped uh dropped ukrainian neo-nazi bombs and missiles all over the place right <laughs> this uh lying cassidy hutchinson all over the j6 unselect committee's hearing on the false flag riots uh that took place at the capitol on that fateful wednesday afternoon ladies and gentlemen uh this woman has just been torn apart she has been torn apart ripped up split in half you know they've ran a train on her like all of the truth activists and all of the debunkers out there ladies and gentlemen like if you wanted to make lizard cheney and the j6 unselect committee look any more foolish foppish and foppish and idiotic than that they are then you hire this woman if it is a woman you hire it okay it probably is a woman all right uh, but, um, apparently, 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 according to the legacy media, Cassidy Hutchinson is now being faced 
with some extreme conspiratorial opposition, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, uh, dear my dear good friend Java, who some of you all know out there in the audience, shot me a uh, shot me a text message the other day, and and was like, well, hell, 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 you know, you know, uh, if if they were gonna tear into Cassidy Hutchinson, you know, they're gonna do it now, right? Because uh, apparently. What? No data found. No data found. What is up with that? <laughs> I'm telling you guys, they're after me tonight. Okay, let's see if this will work. Oh, you suck. Okay, I wanted to stay in immersive, but apparently it's not going to work for tonight. But apparently the legacy media is claiming, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Cassidy Hutchinson is on the most wanted list from a conspiracy theorist who has mysteriously returned to the uh, to the eight coon eight cunt boards or whatever you know wherever wherever Q is wherever the seventeenth letter of the alphabet appears. Return of mysterious conspiracy theorists could threaten the life of J6 witness lying Cassidy Hutchinson. Have you guys heard about this? Have you guys heard about now? You know how convenient, right? How convenient that uh, the 17th letter appears. And uh, I don't know, guys. You, you know, I have my thoughts about the 17th letter of the alphabet. I mean, it is a very, uh, what's the word? It's a very awkward letter in the alphabet, right? Ladies and gentlemen, like the 17th letter of the alphabet is just so awkward. But, you know, for all of the good that that 17th letter of the alphabet did, ladies and gentlemen, and I will not deny it, I just... Uh, don't find much relevance towards it in the here and now. Because right here and now, ladies and gentlemen, if the 17th letter of the alphabet did what it was supposed to do, then you're already involved in your local, uh, you know, precinct. You're already running for office. You're already uh, sending letters and telephone calls and jamming up the mainstream media, legacy media with truth. You don't even need the 17th letter of the alphabet anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It was part of this great awakening that has already transpired and I think anything after that is just in my humble opinion please don't take any offense if you do well I can't help what you think in my humble opinion it's just there for people to milk and grift off of you great and soulful patriots out there who are investing more than your time your effort and your personal uh, energy into it but also your money Okay, that's what I think about that. So uh, let's see how this convenient return of the 17th letter of the alphabet is now threatening the life of lying Cassidy Hutchinson. Here's the article coming to you straight from the Legacy Press, otherwise known as Raw Story, right? Uh, isn't that weird that uh, the Legacy Media is sharing a Raw Story article? Should that tell you something about Raw Story, maybe, and where they stand and who they are? Mm, just some food for thought. Anyways, it says here, the targeting of the January 6th star witness, Cassidy Lying Hutchinson, by the mysterious internet account behind the 17th Anon conspiracy theory, could pose a threat to her safety, a former deputy director of the FBI told CNN's Anderson, I'm a gay fop and I love sadomasochism Cooper, on Thursday. No period. Well, another person lining up against Cassidy the Lying Flop Hutchinson is the online poster. Oh, look at 
they actually said it right. 17, right? They didn't even put the Anon behind it. Whose completely absurd posts, I would say they're probably absurd at this point, which would be laughably cryptic and are actually never accurate. Okay, we all know that's not accurate. Are at the heart of the movement. CNN's Anderson, I'm a sadomasochist and you can call me fluffy. Cooper reported, after 18 months of silence, the 17th account is back, and on Wednesday it aimed its conspiracies towards lying Cassidy Hutchinson. It's really too stupid to even show the posts of this 17th person, but they contain numerous cryptic uh, questions and ended with asking who is Cassidy Hutchinson, and also trust the plan, which is a common 17th catchphrase. The 17th stuff would be funny if it didn't have real-world consequences. The FBI says it's arrested more than 20 people involved in Capitol riots who say they followed 17th Anon. Uh, Cooper replayed an interview with a former member of the cult. That's right. That's why we don't use words like cult here at the Sea Report. Even if we are a happy family, let's get real, guys. You want to make it that much harder for us, even if we're pulling their Johnsons? No, we don't play that game here. Anyways, so uh, Cooper, who uh, interviewed, uh, played, replayed an interview from the former cult member. I wonder where this cult member came from. Were they nice and comfy? Who thought he himself was worshiping Satan, drinking the blood of children. Okay, that is just so out of context because everyone knows that that had nothing to do with nice, happy, comfy patriots. That dude was really whacked out of his head. If you guys remember the story. Anyways, so this guy was worshiping Satan and drinking the blood of children after the CNN anchor was mentioned by Seventeen. It says here, for analysis, Cooper interviewed former FBI deputy director who was fired in disgrace for being a liar, among other things, Andrew McCabe. Andrew, what is the significance of 17 mentioning Hutchinson? And what could be, do you think, the real world consequences? Cooper, the sadomasochist, asked. Now, you know, guys, I got to say, why would you go to someone like Andrew McCabe, other than for him to being a lying liar, Cassidy Hutchinson, like coach, on a question like that, right? I mean, we know why. Cooper would go to McCabe for such things, but I mean, realistically speaking, why? Well, uh, McCabe said there is no significance to the post beyond the fact that he included her name specifically, uh, if it is indeed a he. It's not because it said anything. We have to get, we have to make sure we use our proper pronouns with the number 17, right? It's not that they said anything logical or factual. It's just the existence of his name. No, just kidding. It's Cassidy Butch's name. Uh, her name in that post turns her into a target for people who ascribe to these beliefs. He said the fact her name was listed is very, very damaging to her in terms of the attention it will bring. Who believe in, who knows which of the 17 and on conspiracies. Okay, so I got to say right here, guys, 
I am pretty damn sure that after every single person debunked this lying uh, snob, Cassidy Hutchinson, that they had to wrap her up in the uh, 17th conspiracy of the alphabet. So this way it would discredit anyone who is um, basically debunking her lies because her lies were so blatant. Her lies were so obvious. Her lies were downright into the realms of perjury send her to jail, lock her up, give her a fine, that they would have to basically uh, demonize anyone who said Cassidy Hutchinson was lying because of the 17th letter of the alphabet. But, you know, at the same time, that makes the 17th letter of the alphabet rather convenient to be existing right now because it just set up right into how they're playing this out, right? They're like, well, 17 reappears, Cassidy Hutchison lies, 17 says her name, and now we can use it to demonize them. Is that a coincidence? Wait, 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 wait. What is it? What is the other hallmark of the Q posts? Oh, whoops, 17 posts that we talked about. What about coincidences? Do we believe in coincidences anymore? Are coincidences weird? Are coincidences awkward? Are coincidences to be believed? I don't believe in coincidences, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't, okay? So I'll let you guys think about what you want to think about that as you, uh, and I'm not obviously not talking to my, uh, you know, to my regular audience, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but I'll let you guys think about that a little bit. Mull it over a little bit as uh, you guys continue, and I'm not talking to my normal audience. My normal audience knows better, uh, but as uh, all you individuals out there continue to throw your money at these people who uh, analyze Q as if though they were our savior, okay? So back to the article. Uh, let's see, it says here, uh, he said the fact her name was listed is very, very damaging to her in terms of the attention it will bring uh, who believe in, who knows which of the 17 Anon conspiracies. And so if you toss this young woman's name into that conversation, into that froth, you run the risk that someone who is following these things and who's projecting their own rage, uh, dark MAGA, ultra MAGA, what? And their dissatisfaction about whatever it is in life they're mad about is going to attach her to that. And one of those people, dark MAGA, ultra MAGA, is maybe, maybe more than one, might decide to take the matter into their own hands and resort to an act of violence, Dark Maga, Ultra Maga, in the exact same way that it's rhino hunting season for the young man from North Carolina who did the nonsense around this comet ping pong pizza, the pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. Let's not forget that the young man from North Carolina was the son of an actor, right? And a director, right? Let's not forget about that little factoid. When he had been digesting the material, got in his car, drove to D.C. on a Sunday with an AR-15 because that's our choice weapon to, uh, to uh, strip the people of their Second Amendment right and intended to shoot up the place. Isn't it funny? Isn't it amazing how we can just parse through all of their propaganda? We can identify it as we read it, ladies. Like all that propaganda wrapped up into that one little 
paragraph right there and we can identify it and we can just shoot it down, no pun intended, as we go through it in discourse, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, I know I'm being really hard on 17 and all of the Anons. That's actually the correct way to say it. it's not 17 Anon, it's 17 and the Anons. But then again, I don't know anything about Anons because my name is Michael Aaron Kosovis. You can see my face and I am not at all in any way going to be anonymous when sharing my truth about restoring our republic, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so, you know, that's not to take away from anyone who's afraid of losing their job, their credibility, and uh, any of their financial back backings from their government or, you know, being doxxed or whatever. You know, San Antonio, Texas, that's where I live. Come on and dox me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't give a cat. I don't give a crap. Come on and dox me. I'll give you my address if you want. I ain't gonna, I am here to fight this crap and restore our republic. So I ain't gonna hide behind some bogus, uh, freaking, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, what, what are these things called again? Like, uh, uh profiles. <laughs> Okay, guys, so what was I going to do here? What am I? Why do I have this? This? Why do I have this other major deceiver on my screen? Oh, that's right, because now we have Cassidy Hutchinson, right, who's being hunted down by the mysterious 17 and on, right? Uh, so I thought just for hoots and hollers, we take a look at the post, right? This is like, I think, only the second time in the history of the Sea Report that we've shared a 17 and on post on our screen. What did 17 have to say about Cassidy Hutchinson? It says, what is a stake? Who has control? Surprise witness. Who was surprised? Who will be surprised? Use your logic. Can emotions be used to influence decisions? How do you control emotion? Define plant. How do you insert a plant? Can emotion be used to insert a plant? Who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Trust the plan. 17. Okay, so when did he post this? On the 29th, right? When when did when did Hutchinson do her little lying gag on like the 28th? Okay? So the the the, the future does not even prove the past here, guys. Oh wait, 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 wait. The future does prove the past here because they posted this after Hutchinson did her little lying gag. And so it proved, I guess, that she was just a lying gag. Or maybe, I don't know, we debunked Cassidy Hutchinson on the 28th when she appeared uh, like summarily after she was on the show. And I don't know, because I don't follow these things. Was everyone like kind of hush hush about Hutchinson? And then 17 posts this and now all of a sudden everyone in the 17 universe is like Hutchinson's a liar, Hutchinson's debunked, Hutchinson's a fraud, Hutchinson perjured, blah 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 blah. I don't know. Did Hutchinson and her lies blow up after 17 posted this? Did the future really prove the past? Or, you know, if people who have critical thinking actually could see that the bitch was lying on day one as it was being watched, as we were live streaming it here on Mr. CTV, or did it really take 17 for the world to figure out that this liar was a fraud and that everyone could tell that she was all of these spinning all of these yarns about uh president trump throwing ketchup and mustard and mayonnaise on the wall and choking out the secret service and lunging into the front of the limousine or the beast or whatever the heck it was that she claimed okay 
I'm, I don't know, this is just too convenient to me. And also in retrospect, even though I've not read a whole bunch of 17 posts, I would have to say this is so generic, okay? This is so generic. It's almost as if though they're trying to live up to the original posts by whomever this 17th letter of the alphabet was to begin with. I mean, what is at stake? Uh, who has control? How do you insert a plant? Uh, can you insert a plant emotionally? Who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Trust the plan. The, that last line reads to me like watch the water because uh, after all, uh, they've been using, uh, you know, snake venom to experiment and to create all types of uh, different uh, med medical, uh, medical advances for decades, okay? And just because they have been using snake venom for medical experimentation for decades, that proves that Artis was right about watching the water water. So convenient. So coincidental. Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. Okay. I probably lost like about half of all of my freaking audience and it's okay, guys. You're, I'm probably one of the only people here who's going to tell you anything like this, guys. And you know what? If that's my stake in this claim, so be it. So be it. Okay. You know, 17 served its purpose you know, uh, amongst getting people censored and uh, kicked off of the internet. Um, uh, it, other than that, guys, it's a demonization tool at this point. That is just such a generic post. I mean, come on, guys. Can emotions be used to influence decisions? What the hell kind of question is that? Come on, 17. Everyone knows that emotions can be used to influence decisions. We kind of learned this back at 17101, right? You know, and, and some of us even longer than that have known, okay? Define a plant. How freaking obviously generic is this? This, this is just, okay, you know what? Uh, call me, call me the 34th letter of the alphabet. I don't care, guys. There is no 34th letter of the alphabet, right? The anti-17, I'm just saying, guys, don't get supped up into this because clearly, clearly they're going to be like, they're going to be like, well, you know, the people over at the Sea Report, uh, they say that Cassidy Hutchison's a liar and, 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 and 17 and uh, debunked demonized. You will never, ever, ever uh, uh, want to listen to this person again because they believe it. You know, we don't. I don't. You know, 17 served its purpose back in, uh, what, 2017, 18 through 20. It's done, okay? It's done. I'm just saying, guys, that's my humble perspective. I know no one else is going to say this to you all, and I say it with love, and I say it with respect. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the self-governed, okay? We are those who will restore our republic, and we don't need this anymore, okay? This is not even going to wake anyone up. What's this going to do? Push everyone who follows 17 to actually do an article or a video on how Cassidy Hutchison lied and she's been debunked and she's a fraud? Is that what it took? right? Is this what it took? It took 17 for people to get this story out there. They had to wait for that person or that entity to say something about Cassidy Hutchinson to see through all of her lies. Oh, I don't know, guys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I love you all. I love every single one of you guys out there to the point of just running myself ragged. But um, 17 sent me. 
okay? And he wanted you to know he's done, all right? And this is just, uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. I mean, the post directly before the Cassidy Hutchison post was also pretty generic, okay? In case you guys, but maybe, maybe, maybe 17 is gonna wake up the, the elementary level-minded people now. You know, maybe that's what 17's gonna prove, right? He's gonna run with the news, right, as it happens, or maybe if few days later just so that the future proves the past right okay i don't know i'm just saying maybe he's working on like the kindergarten minded sleeping americans now so you guys can just ignore it right or you know what you can continue on with it it's your prerogative to be quite honest and uh i won't diss it but um we're just gonna highlight it this one time Okay. All right, guys, let's move on to tonight's next story. You guys have been waiting to hear. Well, actually, you know, you guys haven't been waiting to hear about it. Ghislaine Maxwell was sentenced like days ago, like almost a week ago, probably, right? Her hearing was like on June something or other. Anyways, okay, so uh, we need to make sure we stay abreast and keep up with Ghislaine Maxwell, ladies and gentlemen, and to that effect... And to that effect, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about her tonight. Uh, well, well... My flag is just, uh, okay. My f there we go. There we go. <laughs> That's right, Skeeter Burke. I am not afraid of the camera. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just, I gotta say, guys, I mean you guys no disrespect, but I'm just saying you all are better than that, okay? My audience is better than that, ladies and gentlemen. My audience is better than that. Uh, and Q is going to dox you. Well, dang it, 17 is going to dox me now. Dox me now! You know, I will give you my address. <laughs> I will give you my phone number and zip code. I am not afraid. I am not afraid to be doxed, okay? I mean, I'm, I don't have a family of children, so to speak of, right? And I get it. I get it. But you know what? I'm just going to say it this once, guys. Uh, let your, uh, let your uh, money talk and your foot walk where you say you are. I mean, we're, we're way too late for this, right? We're, uh, this, this republic is almost destroyed and you're concerned about having a job? Okay, anyways, I'm just saying. All right, God will take care of you, right? If you, if you believe that, God will take care of you if you are doing the right thing. And I will just leave that there. Let's talk about Ghislaine Maxwell, ladies and gentlemen. Ghislaine Maxwell, a pedophile extraordinaire and human trafficker to the stars, gets a mere 20 years in prison. 20 years when she was facing, what, 65 to 55 years for everything that she was held uh, um, uh, as guilty of committing, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just talk about it. All right, what's this article got to say about Ghislaine Maxwell? It says, Ghislaine Maxwell sentenced to 20 years in prison for sex trafficking girls for Jeffrey Epstein. There is a lovely sketch, and they made sure to highlight the name of the water she was drinking. Interesting that now, right? They still get their uh, product placement even in uh, sketches, charcoal and pastel sketches. That's crazy, isn't it? Okay, it says here, uh, a judge on Tuesday, that's Tuesday of last week, sentenced Ghislaine Maxwell to 20 years in prison for trafficking girls to have sex with Jeffrey Epstein and sexually abusing them herself. 
Maxwell was also fined $750,000, the judge announced, and would be on probation for five years following her time in prison. So what, 25 years? Okay. A federal jury in Manhattan convicted Maxwell in December, finding she was guilty of five of the six sex trafficking and conspiracy charges brought against her. U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan, who oversaw the trial in Manhattan federal court, said the sentence, which slightly exceeded sentencing guidelines, slightly exceeded, right, but not to be outdone by the likes of Kentangi Brown Jackson, addressed the heinous and predatory nature of Maxwell's crimes. She also took into account statements given by victims. The damage done to these girls is incalculable, says Nathan Allison. Uh, before her sentencing, Maxwell, now 60 years old, addressed the court her first public remarks since her arrest in 2020. She walked into the courtroom wearing a pale blue jail-issued smock, chains on her ankles clanking. Though Maxwell did not take responsibility for trafficking girls to Epstein and sexually abusing them herself... She acknowledged the pain and anguish expressed by the victims. Maxwell said statements by the victims were difficult to hear and absorb and said she's had plenty of time to think about her actions in solitary confinement. It is the greatest regret of my life that I ever met Jeffrey Epstein, said Maxwell. I have plenty of time to, I've had plenty of time to think Having spent two years in solitary confinement, I believe that Jeffrey Epstein was a manipulative, cunning, and controlling man who lived a profoundly compartmentalized life and fooled all of those in his orbit. Maxwell said Epstein should have been here to hear the stories of the victims. Maxwell went on to say, I hope my incarceration brings you closure, some measure of peace and finality. May this day help you travel from the darkness into the light. Uh-oh, I guess Maxwell's going to be associated with 17 also, right? Because she said dark into light. In issuing the 20... Oh, 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 the past proves the future. I mean, the future proves the past. In issuing the 20-year sentence, Nathan said her, her version of events, false claims made in depositions for civil lawsuits against her for her conduct, exaggerations about her conditions in jail, and inconsistencies in financial statements for bail reflected a pattern of deflection and dishonesty. And yet she still gives her a mere 20 years plus five years probation. A mere, right? 20 years. Miss Maxwell is wealthy or that this case is high profile is not a basis for increasing punishment in any regard. But the rule of law demands, and this court must ensure that, whether you are rich or poor, powerful or entirely unknown, nobody is above the law, but will still give you just outside of the minimum for sentencing for all of the hundreds, possibly thousands of victims that will go unheard and will go without justice in such a sentencing. Maxwell's victims spoke in court before she was sentenced. It says four women took the stand throughout the month-long trial and in painful testimony described how Maxwell befriended them as teenagers, groomed them for sex with Epstein. One of the accusers who testified under the pseudonym Kate said Maxwell told her Epstein needed sex three times a day and that she could not keep up. 
Two of the accusers, Jane, a pseudonym, and a woman who testified using only her first name, Carolyn, said that the sexual acts started when they were as young as 14, and that Maxwell sometimes participated in the abuse. Annie Farmer, the only accuser to testify using her full name, said Maxwell fondled her breasts during a visit to Epstein's New Mexico ranch when she was 16. On Tuesday, she gave a statement to the court about her experience. For a long time, I wanted to erase from my mind the crimes that Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein committed against me and pretend that they had not happened, she said. We're going to take a look at some of the other testimony, uh, some of the other uh, things that uh, these accusers said to Ghislaine Maxwell prior to her sentencing. We have seven accusers here, not just the four that were listed, but seven accusers, guys. So uh, let's take a look at this real quick. It says here, seven women who say Ghislaine Maxwell helped Jeffrey Epstein steal the innocence of their youth and poison the promise of their future are asking a judge to consider their pain as she decides what prison sentence she will dispense Tuesday to incarcerated the incarcerated British woman. Clearly didn't really take too much of their pain and suffering into consideration with the sentencing of 20 years, right? Their statements were put in the public case file late Friday by Manhattan prosecutors who have asked U.S. District Judge Allison J. Nathan to sentence Maxwell to 30 to 55 years in prison for monstrous crimes resulting in a December sex trafficking conviction for a socialite who has been jailed since her July 2020 arrest. Four women testified at Maxwell's month-long trial where they described sexual acts, uh, attacks on teenage girls from 1994 to 2004 by Epstein and Maxwell at Epstein's mansions and estates in Manhattan, New Mexico, Florida, and the Virgin Islands. In a statement, Annie Farmer, who testified at trial and spoke at Epstein's bail hearing before he killed himself in August 2019 as he awaited a sex trafficking trial, said Maxwell's lack of remorse and her repeated lies about victims forced a long fight for justice that has felt like a black hole sucking in our precious time energy, and well-being. Defense lawyer Bobby Sternheim included the victim statements in a submission to the judge Friday after the defense asked for a sentence of no more than five years. Can you believe that? The defense asked for a sentence of no more than five years. The gall, ladies and gentlemen. But she heavily redacted portions in asking the judge to disregard some entirely because they were not directly a part of the case that resulted in Maxwell's conviction. Prosecutors, though, said no redactions were required or necessary because any privacy interests belonged to victims and none asked for their statements to be sealed. They added that no due process interest is protected by withholding victim impact statements from the public. Three victims may speak at sentencing. Included were nine graphic pictures of Sarah Ransom taken in a hospital bed after two suicide attempts she blames on the trauma of over a half year spent as a sex toy for Epstein and Maxwell and others that left her so distressed that she once considered jumping from a cliff into shark-infested waters off Epstein's sprawling Virginia Island estate, or sorry, Virgin Island estate. 
Ransom, who wrote a book, Silenced No More, and traveled from her England home to observe Maxwell's trial, said she was stopped from taking the plunge by Maxwell and company moments before jumping, but that at the time, that extremely risky escape seemed more appealing than being raped one more time. One woman, Kate, a former British model who testified at trial, spoke of the silent screams inside the minds of girls who were not yet adults when Maxwell and Epstein flashed wealth and ties to famous and powerful people before subjecting them to sex abuse and then fear so they would never disobey their prurient quests. Calling Maxwell dangerous and devious, Maria Farmer said her intersection with the pair and sexual assault by Epstein during a trip to Ohio cost her a promising career as an artist and leaves her still feeling unsafe outside, firm in a belief that Maxwell will harm her if she ever has a way. She is the sister of Annie Farmer. Another Virginia, another Virginia Jufree, who we might as well forget because, I mean, I get she's a victim, but she totally sold out all the other victims by settling her case with the Prince Andrew of uh, the House of uh, Reptile. Uh, anyhow, so it says here, uh, this Virginia Roberts Jufree sellout said Maxwell opened the door to hell as she joked that she was like a new mother to dozens of girls and young women. She fed to her fiance, financier boyfriend and later boss, Ghislaine, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, you used your femininity to betray us and you led us all through it. The sellout said and added, you could have put an end to the rapes. And you know what? You could have done more to stand up for it, Virginia Roberts Jufree, instead of just selling out for what? A few million dollars? You could have put an end to the rapes, the molestations, the sickening manipulations that you arranged. But I am five million dollars richer because I sold out the other thousands of victims to uh, Prince Andrew. And uh, that she witnessed and even took part in. Uh, You could have called the authorities and reported that you were part of something awful. But I sold out for $5 million, Ghislaine, and you deserve to spend the rest of your life in a jail cell. You deserve to be trapped in a cage forever, just like you trapped your victims. The Associated Press does not identify people who say they were victims of sexual assault unless they have consented to being identified. You know, I know... What I have to say about uh, this uh, Virginia Roberts Jufree is really harsh, guys. I get it. I have no ground to say such things, but let's just face it. She sold out, okay? She sold out. So uh, there is a visual of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell or Gislaine or Jelaine, as some people say it. But proper pronunciation is Ghislaine. And uh, Judge Nathan Andrews, I mean, uh, Judge Nathan, I mean, Judge Allison Nathan, right? Because they could only do uh, sketches and such during that. Um, So now we have, um, this is a photo here, guys, of uh, Jean-Luc Brunel and Ghislaine Maxwell. And apparently, um, the family of Ghislaine Maxwell is in fear for her life. Indeed, Ghislaine Maxwell was put on suicide watch just prior to her sentencing. So people are kind of like, you know... 
Ghislaine didn't kill herself, right? Um, but her family is afraid for Ghislaine's life after Jean-Luc Brunel, who is also an associate and a co-conspirator of Jeffrey Epstein and uh, has gnawed on the head of Ghislaine Maxwell a few times, was found hanged in his French prison cell. Ladies and gentlemen, so let's take a little bit of a look at what the family of Ghislaine Maxwell is saying in regards to the legacy of Jean-Luc Brunel being killed in uh, his uh, his jail cell. Sure you guys remember about that story, right? Ghislaine Maxwell's family fears for her safety after Brunel was found dead. The family of Ghislaine Maxwell say they fear for her safety after model agent Jean-Luc Brunel was found hanged in his Paris prison cell on the Saturday. Uh, this is a, this is a few Saturdays removed, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering. Anyhow, so Maxwell, who was convicted last year of sex trafficking, allegedly introduced Brunel to billionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, who was found hanging in his Manhattan lockup in August of 2019. It's really shocking, Ian Maxwell, one of Ghislaine's siblings, told The Post. Another death by hanging in a high-security prison. My reaction is one of the total shock and bewilderment. In an interview from his home in London, Maxwell said the family fears for her safety at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, where she is being held following her December 29th conviction on sexual abuse charges. Maxwell was put into a room at the prison with a psychiatrist and two others, including a guard with everything recorded on camera, her brother said. And there's a photo of Epstein Brunel and uh, Ghislaine. I don't know what she's doing with her dirty pillows in this picture, but she's doing something. It says, despite the psychiatrist advising to the contrary, she was deemed a suicide risk and they are continuing to wake her up every 15 minutes in the night. It's a complete violation of prisoner rights and human rights, Ian Maxwell said. And I told you, as you can see in this photo, that Jean-Luc Brunel has gnawed on the head of Ghislaine Maxwell. I wasn't lying, guys. Okay, so there she is getting her head gnawed on by Jean-Luc Brunel in this photo. It says, Maxwell insisted his younger sister is not suicidal and said that it was ironic that Epstein and Brunel, who died of apparent suicides, were not on suicide watches in their respective prisons. Is that really ironic? <laughs> is that like rain on your wedding day? Is that like a black fly in your Chardonnay? I don't know. Doesn't sound ironic to me. Sounds coincidental. Epstein had been taken off suicide watch shortly after his death in August 2019. What is the point of being taken off of suicide watch after you're dead? <laughs> I don't know, guys. These people are so funny. Last month, Ghislaine Maxwell, 60, officially requested a retrial after a juror in the case told the media that he had used his own experience of being sexually abused in order to influence his peers on the jury. That is old news, ladies and gentlemen, of course. Uh, so there you have it, guys. Uh, they're just uh, saying, you know, Brunel, who ran Karine Models in Paris and later formed MC2 Model Management with Epstein, was charged with securing girls and young women for Epstein. He was awaiting trial when he was found hanged by his bedsheets in his cell around 1.30 a.m. local time at Le Centre Prison, the Paris prosecutor's office told CNN. French prison authorities told local media that no breach in security at the prison had occurred and an investigation into the cause of death had been launched. There you go, guys, for your enjoyment.
Jean-Luc Brunel gnawing on the head of Ghislaine Maxwell. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The Sea Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecereport.com. At thecereport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecereport.com, that's www.thecereport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Okay. All right. So there's that story. Hey, 123SKG. Good evening. And thank you so much for gifting the shades. Very much appreciated. And welcome on into the show. Uh, and I hope you all enjoy the rest of the proceedings for tonight. As we, uh, well, we're still going to talk a little bit about Ghislaine here, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to share with you, oh, okay, so let's see here. Oh, so here's something else that came up, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, because we're talking about Ghislaine being on Suicide Watch, we're talking about Ghislaine possibly ended up being hanged in her own, uh, you know, jail cell there, guys. Hey, all you people out there, get your... Get your grift ready for the Ghislaine Did Not Kill Herself t-shirts and mugs. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure we'll have some at the Sea Report store. Ha! <laughs> Actually, no, we probably won't do that. It's a little bit too, uh, how do you say? It's a little bit too, um, uh, a little bit too, uh, in bad taste. It's in bad taste, okay? So, they'll be free. Okay, anyway, so, uh, apparently, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has also claimed that her inmate had planned to strangle her in her sleep for cash, okay? So even the inmates are grifting on Ghislaine Maxwell, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what this article has to say. It says, one of Ghislaine Maxwell's fellow inmates was offered money to murder her and planned to strangle her in her sleep, according to the lawyers of the longtime Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein confidant and convicted sex trafficker. The claim was made in court papers in which Maxwell's lawyers pleaded for leniency ahead of her June 28th sentencing. One of the female inmates in Miss Maxwell's housing unit told at least three other inmates that she had been offered money to murder Miss Maxwell and that she planned to strangle her in her sleep, the lawyers wrote, referring to the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn. The inmate claimed that an additional 20 years in prison would be worth the money she would receive for killing Maxwell, the lawyers wrote. The inmate was ultimately sent to a special housing unit, commonly known as solitary confinement, presumably to protect Maxwell, according to the lawyers. The incident reflects the brutal reality that there are numerous prison inmates who would not hesitate to kill Miss Maxwell, whether for money, fame, or simple street cred, the lawyers wrote. A spokesman for the Bureau of Prisoners, which oversees the federal detention system, said it does not comment on pending litigation or matters subject to legal proceedings. Additionally, the uh, spokesman added, for privacy, safety, and security reasons, the BOP does not discuss whether a particular inmate is the subject of allegations, investigations, or sanctions in prison. 
nor do we comment on the conditions of confinement for any individual or group of inmates. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan did not respond for request uh, for comment. Maxwell was convicted for, yeah, yeah, we already know that. Maxwell is getting 20 years, is not facing up to 55, is getting 20. Justice would not be served by sentencing Miss Maxwell to the extent of the more culpable Epstein, her lawyers wrote, nor should she be sentenced as if she were Harvey Weinstein. The lawyers describe Maxwell as the victim of a grim childhood who met Epstein at a time when her life was in shambles. Her father, the late media tycoon Robert Maxwell, was overbearing, narcissistic, and vicious, according to Maxwell's lawyers. When Maxwell was 13, she hammered a thin tack into the freshly painted wall of her bedroom to hang a poster of a pony. Her father flew into a rage, grabbing the hammer and banging on Maxwell's hand, leaving it severely bruised and painful for weeks to come, her lawyers wrote. Maxwell was the youngest of nine children. Their you know, her father was probably like, no thumbtacks! No thumbtacks on this wall. If you're going to hang anything on this wall, you will use the proper nail and hammer. No more thin thumbtacks. No wired hangers. Okay, anyways. So Ghislaine was hardly given a glance and became anorexic while she was still a toddler. She was like, goo goo gaga, I'm going to perish for lack of nutrition because my father doesn't look at me, allow me to like, throw up my lunch. Let me throw up my baby food here, guys, as a toddler. How believable is that, ladies and gentlemen? Oh my goodness. At age three, she stood in front of her mother and simply said, mommy, I exist. Right? This is the kind of thing you would expect like a well-to-do millionaire, billionaire, affluent individual to use to uh, plead for like leniency, right? I exist, mummy, I exist. And uh, you know what? Uh, Judge Nathan Allison just totally fell for it, apparently. Her father, stopped, uh, her father stopped living at home once he became a member of parliament, but would return every Sunday from his trips to Israel and subject his children to brutal rounds of questioning, according to Maxwell's lawyers. Robert Maxwell would select a child to answer questions on a particular topic in accordance with the rules of life that he had drilled into them. The three C's, which is concentration camps, consideration, and conciseness, or the WWWH, what, why, when, and how, the lawyers wrote. If the child stumbled, did not speak on point, or gave a wrong answer, Mr. Maxwell would demand them to answer which of the principles they had forgotten to apply and the reason for that failure, the lawyers added. The dressing down was always painful in the extreme, with everyone around the table feeling uncomfortable. Mr. Maxwell, a man of large physical, physical stature with a booming voice, would explode, threaten, and rant at the children until they were reduced to pulp. Robert Maxwell died in 1991 after being killed by the Mossad. His publishing empire collapsed. His family was left penniless. And Ghislaine was left to fend for herself. I'm sure, right? Just like Oliver Twisted, her lawyers wrote. 
It was around this time that she met Epstein. Her relationship with Epstein began at a moment. She was like, I cannot dare live in these hand-me-down threads. I need names, 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 brand names, names of designers, of influence, and I can only get that if I become associated with Epstein, right? We should just feel so sorry for this affluent child who is thrown into the, uh, into the, the streets with uh, thrift stores and, uh, you know, uh, hand-me-downs and stuff like that, right? So with that in mind, you know, Nathan Allison, the judge, uh, was definitely feeling for Maxwell at this point. As, uh, as it was written, her relationship with Epstein began at this moment of extreme vulnerability in Ghislaine's life after the tragic death of her father, as elder siblings, we witnessed our father taking Ghislaine under his wing, whereby she became over-dependent on his approval and vulnerable to his frequent rapid mood swings, huge rages, and rejections. So writes Anne Holb and Philip Maxwell, okay, her siblings. Um, and that this led Ghislaine to become very vulnerable to abusive and powerful men, who would be able to take advantage of her innate good nature. Am I being too harsh of a judge on Ghislaine Maxwell? Maybe so, maybe no, but you know what? It leaves the question, ladies and gentlemen, about she and Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirators. Now, this is a point, ladies and gentlemen, that I think should not be relented on, okay? Because apparently this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, the, the hugest bust of a pedophile and a human trafficking ring that is going with no co-conspirators, no Johns, no clients, no one is going to be held to account, ladies and gentlemen, for having, uh, having been the uh, basically the money bags for the likes of these creeps, the likes of these humanless traffickers, ladies and gentlemen, it just does not stand to reason. Why don't we listen to the words of one of the victims, ladies and gentlemen? And uh, to be quite honest, I'm just you know this victim in saying what she said. Ladies and gentlemen, an incredibly uh, we're not ready for you at hun. Okay, this victim uh, remarkably makes mention of the co-conspirators and yet still no one is going to bother to ask about the co-conspirators, about the clients, about the Johns, about those who purchased these kids and these children and these humans from Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. They get to go unpunished. They get to continue living out their lives of affluency and grandeur and money and, and power and wealth and influence and they are not going to be held accountable. I'm glad this, uh, this victim here made mention of the fact that there were co-conspirators that will not see justice, and they should be, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's been an incredibly long journey for me. Um, as you guys know, I came forward in 2016. This has been an incredibly complicated uh, case, incredibly traumatic for the victims, the survivors, and... Today is a day I didn't think would ever happen. So for me, it's it's a blessing. It really is. And I've prayed for this moment so hard and for so long. And um, 
God's heard our prayers today. And, and to look at her face to face and talk about your experience, how will that feel? I am... Um, just to have my voice and for Gilene to hear what I have to say is is liberating. Uh, I'm disappointed that she hasn't taken any accountability for what she's done to myself and hundreds, if not thousands, of others. I mean, people must remember this was an international sex trafficking ring that spanned across the world. And um, the fact that she still maintains her innocence is is beyond anything I've ever, I still can't believe it. And that's why I've had to fight so hard to keep her off the streets because she's dangerous. And how long does she need to be inside for? For the rest of her life. I made a promise that she will never, ever, ever hurt another girl, a young woman ever again. You want her to die in jail? I have uh, spent the last 17 years in my own prison for what she Jeffrey and all the co-conspirators did to me. I was raped repeatedly. I was raped three times a day sometimes. And I was not the only girl on that island. There was a constant stream of girls being raped over and over and over again. And yes, Ghislaine must die in prison because I've been in hell and back for the last 17 years. And 27 for me. I was 10 years old when Liz Stein was being trafficked, I was 10. That is how long the sex trafficking ring has been going on for. And it should have just taken one survivor to come forward for us to be taken seriously. It should not have been this hard. That's all I have to say. Thank you. It is not that crazy. That testimony alone, ladies and gentlemen, that testimony alone co-conspirators. Virginia Roberts, Jufree, how many women were being trafficked on that island coming in and out and in and out and you settled your case. You thereby just totally, totally absolved Prince Andrew of everything that he'd done. And there's no telling how many other victims that that animal had, okay? But for a few million dollars, Virginia Roberts, Jufri, whom we fought for with alongside, whom we pulled for, whom we reported on, whom we shared our stories with here at the Sea Report, just to give it up like that, right? Just to give it up like that, ladies and gentlemen. And so, you know, that's why I go hard. You know, I get it. These are victims. These are people who have been through a traumatic experience, something the likes I will never understand, okay? But at the same time, when we hear this type of testimony, okay, and I do not think this woman is lying, period, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but let's just face it, guys. Um, at this point in time, these co-conspirators are going to go free. And uh, they will not be held to account. You know, I got people in the audience saying that the wheels of justice turn slowly. Well, you know what? <laughs> It is true. It is true. The wheels of justice do turn slowly. And we can only hope that uh, they will be held to account, ladies and gentlemen. And we can only hope that they will be held to account. But will they? I guess we will see. 
ladies and gentlemen, I guess we will see. Uh, let's continue on uh, with the rest of the show. What do I got for you guys next? I think we're wrapping up the Ghislaine Maxwell uh we're wrapping up the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, news stories for tonight. Uh, this one here, I believe, is talking about um, a, na a name that Ghislaine Maxwell keeps on dropping. Okay, so we got a billionaire whom Ghislaine Maxwell is talking about. I guess apparently they had some type of a romantic affair, right? Was this guy a John? Was this guy a co-conspirator? Was this guy a client of Ghislaine and Epstein? Well, apparently Ghislaine's not saying too much about it. I just wanted to kind of highlight that, uh, highlight this individual. So we won't go headlong into the story here, but it says, uh, Maxwell's lawyers repeatedly mentioned the tech magnate whose kids she hoped to become a stepmom to, keeping in mind that she's married at this point still, uh, before a lawyer's blackmail attempt allegedly ended their relationship. Who is this man? Uh, it says, for uh, as lawyers for Ghislaine Maxwell filed a trove of courtroom documents requesting leniency at her sentencing in Manhattan federal court later this month uh, for trafficking girls, etc. Uh, the late multimillionaire sex predator, who was her former boyfriend and employer, the name of one uh, other wealthy former flame kept coming up. That is billionaire Gateway Computers co-founder Ted White. Or Wyatt, wait, wait. As a part of her bid for a lighter sentence, Maxwell claims she's developed a loving bond with Waite's young children. Uh, Nubiles is what she would refer to them as otherwise, and hoped to become their stepmom before her relationship with the tech magnate dis disintegrated because of the Epstein scandal. Waite uh, hasn't commented on his one-time love affair with the British heiress and now convicted sex trafficker, but news reports have mentioned him repeatedly in connection to her, including as her former beau and a fellow friend of the Clinton family. Indeed, Maxwell was reportedly Waite's date to Chelsea Clinton's 2010 nuptials. The billionaire philanthropist's name also surfaced at Maxwell's criminal trial in late December. According to Maxwell's latest filings, her years-long romance with Waite only ended because of a former Miami lawyer who attempted to blackmail him. The legal eagle Scott Rothstein helmed a law firm that once employed Brad Edwards, a well-known lawyer for Epstein's victims. Unrelated to the Epstein case and Edwards himself, Rothstein was disbarred and convicted of, a, of running a $1.2 billion Ponzi scheme. In 2003, Miss Maxwell began a seven-year romantic relationship with Theodore Ted Waite and developed a strong and loving bond with his four children, ranging in age from six to 12. The sentencing memorandum states, her relationship with Waite was on track for marriage and gave her what she had always hoped for and wanted most, the opportunity for a loving, stable family. Uh, and the chance to become a stepmother to Waite's children. But her hopes were destroyed as so much of her life by her previous association with Epstein. Uh, a Miami lawyer named Scott W. Rothstein Esquire attempted to blackmail Waite to keep Maxwell's name out of civil lawsuits related to Epstein that his law firm was planning to file. 
The filing continues. Ms. Maxwell's relationship with Waite could not survive the blackmail threats, and it ended soon afterwards. A footnote adds, Rothstein had targeted Waite, the Deep Pockets co-founder of Gateway Incorporated, because of his ongoing relationship with Miss Maxwell, who had previously been involved with Epstein. Rothstein demanded uh, $10 million to keep Miss Maxwell's name out of civil lawsuits. Waite successfully resisted Rothstein's blackmail attempt, but Miss Maxwell was named in lawsuits filed by Rothstein's firm. Ultimately, Miss Maxwell's relationship with Waite did not survive the ordeal. All right, so there's a little bit about that, guys. It also does mention her uh, husband of the time that is uh his name is borgensen we've talked about him before guys borgensen being married to maxwell which is a uh an interesting factoid not too many people are aware of anyways i just wanted to bring that up to the attention you know uh we they're still dropping those names etc 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 and uh well there you go ladies and gentlemen there's that little tidbit about um maxwell and uh, some of her uh, affluent buddies here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, I think that does that. Oh, wait, we got one other piece of information about Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and the co-conspirators. Uh, as you all may know, uh, there is this infamous little black book of Jeffrey Epstein's that has been known about, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, in the proceedings for the court... During the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, it was uh, it was noticeably left out of the court proceedings. Okay, now uh, Judge Allison Nathan or Nathan Allison, whatever you want to call it, uh, said that they were going to leave the contents. Uh, they were going to leave the little black book itself out of the trial's proceedings. They didn't want any name dropping. They didn't want uh, any of the names to come forward because apparently... This little black book had nothing to do with Ghislaine Maxwell. It had nothing to do with the victims. It had nothing to do with the trial at all. So uh, all of the names from the... Uh, that's right. All of the clients, all of the co-conspirators that no one is going to be talking about, that apparently they're going to go forward with no justice served, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, you know, apparently... It's just, uh, it's just for not. So uh, I just thought I'd throw this up on the screen for you guys out there, for anyone who's watching. It looks like, I don't know, if we're still live over at the foxhole.app, someone give me a 5x5. Five five. It might just be my internet that happens here every now and then, but it looks like we're suffering over there. Uh, and it looks like it's also happening. It's got to be my internet. Anyways, so uh, go to uh, this. It's called epsteinsblackbook.com, okay? For anyone who's interested and in whose names are in this black book, there's a list of uh, 1,971 names in this black book. It's 95 pages long. The website says... The site contains all the names and info found in Epstein's infamous little black book. The contents are a list of 1,971 names with uh, contact information such as phone numbers and addresses. Several VIPs and respected individuals are found in the book. Together with the flight manifests of his private jet, the black book is an invaluable primary source of Epstein's network available to the public.
Before Epstein was able to destroy it, his butler at his Palm Beach house provided the FBI with a scanned copy of the Black Book. The book was available to use for Epstein's staff at the residence, you know. And so there's a whole bunch of names in this Black Book, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I haven't, I've perused it myself, you know. I mean, you got like what, uh, names like Mike Bloomberg, uh, you got Jim, Jimmy and Jane Buffett uh, in there. That, that's Jimmy Buffett, guys. Buffett, right? We know who that, the singer. Naomi Campbell, Simon and Jasmine Laban, Alec Baldwin, Courtney Love, and a whole bunch of other names, guys. Um, a lot of names that we're not used to hearing because, again, I think that these are probably the names of uh, the unknown, the unmentioned, affluent, rich, powerful individuals. So a lot of these names people probably don't recognize. I know a lot of individuals have gone into kind of a deep dive of the Black Book. Uh, maybe at some point I'll get to do that here as well over at the Sea Report, Mr. CTV. Uh, thank you for the 5x5, five five, guys. It's just my internet that's uh, scoffing up over here. If you guys are getting a clear signal over at Rumble, please do let me know. Uh, Sumter five, uh, 45, are you in there? 54? I can't remember your name. Sorry. But anyways, thank you guys for uh, letting me know. Because we're cracking up over here at the sea. They're like, stop talking about the co-conspirators. Conspirators, Mr. C, stop talking about the co-conspirators. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that's going to wrap it up for our Ghislaine Maxwell update. I try and be as thorough as I can over here, ladies and gentlemen. I try and be as thorough. Skeeterberg says, you would think that information would not be available to the public, though. Well, it is. Um, who has possession of the little black book? Well, I mean, that's uh, just exactly as I described it to you there, Miss Skeeter. Uh, thank you. Hey, iRobot61, how's it going? Good to see you in the audience this evening. And uh, I'm glad you guys are getting a clear signal over where you're at, because uh, my signal's getting throttled over here. All right, let's get into some other headline news, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, when was it? Back in, uh, God, when was it? Back in April or May of last year, we talked about the uh, biosafety level four lab that was being built, constructed over in Manhattan, Kansas, ladies and gentlemen. You guys remember the story? We talked about it. Well, construction is complete over at the Biosafety Level 4 Laboratory, right in the bread basket and the beef basket of America, Kansas itself, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, yes, we've got a Biosafety Level 4 lab in the heartland of America, flyover country. It's finally been built, it's, the construction is complete, it's ready to open up for business. Ladies and gentlemen, and uh, well, let's talk about it. It's the National Bio and Agro Defense Facility in Manhattan, Kansas. Now, uh, we got our tip off from Tori says here over at the Sea Report. She reported, I think, back in like mm, February or January or March of 2021. Uh, and, uh, you know, they had their efforts to try and shut this thing down. It was far too late, ladies and gentlemen. Construction on it began in like 2015 or 2016. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look at this article here. National Bio and Agro Defense Facility in Manhattan, Kansas. Construction has officially ended. 
It says the National Bio and Agro Defense Facility announced recently that construction on the $1.25 billion federal lab has officially ended. The Biosafety Level 4 facility in Manhattan, Kansas is expected to be up and running next year. They will be working with some of the most dangerous and exotic microbe and animal and zoonotic diseases like foot and mouth disease, classical swine fever, Nipah virus, Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever, and African swine fever. Safety protocols are discussed in some detail in a recent article in The Mercury, a local news source in Manhattan. We'll be taking a look at that article in just a sec. It says here, uh, let's see, what else do we, oh, is that, is that all we got? Af- Africans, okay, so that's, that was just, uh, that's what you get from this, uh, this is Outbreak News Today, that's where this article comes from. So let's get into a little bit more detail about this, there it is, guys, in the flesh, there is the Biosafety Level 4 National Bio and Agro Defense Facility in Manhattan, Kansas, ready to open, ladies and gentlemen, that is a photograph of the facility itself, okay? So this thing is very real, this thing is alive, this thing is well, and its construction is complete. Let's see what this article has to say from the Mercury. It's supposed to set us at ease, ladies and gentlemen. It's supposed to set us at ease. It says here, the NBAF, National Bio and Agro-Defense Facility, officials detail some of the federal disease lab's safety procedures. NBAF officials say they're working hard to make sure that the new federal animal disease lab will be as safe as possible for staff members and the Manhattan community. The $1.25 billion National Bio and Agro-Defense Facility, which recently finished construction, is wrapping up its commissioning process this summer. This involves testing the facility's systems, and the NBAF is expected to be operational by 2023. In a recent interview with the Mercury NBAF director Alfonso Clavijo, or Clavijo and project manager Tim Barr detailed how the facility and all its technology combined with the safety protocol scientists will follow will keep dangerous pathogens contained. In order for us to ensure the safety related to the pathogens we'll be working on, we have three levels of intervention, Clavijo said. One, definitely uh, definitely the facility. That's critical. There's a lot of engineering behind the building and our ability to work with these pathogens. Second is the level of regulatory compliance we have to ensure registration process. In addition, we are developing a highly reproducible, um, reproducible, reliable set of protocols and procedures that the staff needs to understand and follow. What is a biosafety level four laboratory? The NBAF is a biosafety level four facility, which is the highest level of containment. That means it works with the most dangerous and exotic microbes. Those that are highly transmissible may be fatal and for which there is no cure. Let's all keep in mind what uh, Charlie Victor Nueve was. It came from an exact biosafety level 4 facility in China. 
right? Okay, it says a BSL-1 lab, for reference, might work with a, mo a microbe like E. coli, which poses little threat of infection so long as scientists wash hands and decontaminate work surfaces. A biosafety level 2 lab might handle pathogens like staph, staphylococcus, or aureus, uh, aureus, and HIV, which are said to pose a moderate health risk. Workers in those labs would wear gloves, lab coats, and eye protection. They would perform tasks that might cause splashes in a safety cabinet. The lab would have lockable doors. In a biosafety level 3 lab, that would include the Biosecurity Research Institute, the building next door to the NBAF at Kansas State, as well as Plum Island Animal Disease Center, which is the lab uh, the NBAF is replacing. Those labs are equipped to study microbes that can cause serious or potentially lethal diseases through inhalation, such as yellow fever or West Nile virus. Those pathogens tend to be controlled and registered through government agencies. All access is restricted and controlled. Scientists in biosafety level 3 labs would use wraparound gowns, scrub suits, or coveralls. They perform all work inside safety cabinets, and those labs have features like directional airflow systems to keep potentially contaminated air clean. So that brings us to the biosafety level four labs. Only four are currently operating in the United States. Biosafety level four labs work with highly dangerous and exotic microbes that have no treatment or vaccine and frequently cause fatal infections. An example would be Ebola. As you can imagine, safety procedures for these labs fill entire manuals. Personnel must change clothing before entering and shower upon exiting. They must decontaminate all materials before leaving and wear a full body positive pressure suit. Biosafety level 4 labs are restricted and have a dedicated supply and exhaust air. Pathogens. The pathogens NBA4 scientists will work with are animal and zoonotic diseases, those that can be transmitted to humans. So far, the facility has seven pathogens on its list for planned research. The pathogens we will be working with will be expanded, Clavho said. A unit from Plum Island will move to NBAF and continue its work on three diseases, foot and mouth disease, classical swine fever, and African swine fever. Clavijo said another lab already doing research in Manhattan will be able to build on its work. They did a little bit of work with two diseases, which are Rift Valley Fever and Japanese Encephalitis. But of course, they did not have all the facilities to do their work and in the full potential, Clavijo said. So that's a new transition to the NBAF as a new unit. Another unit which will use the BSL-4 spaces, which include research on Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever and Nipah virus or Nipah virus, both of those affect pigs. NBAF documents have mentioned that it would be for a scientists it would be a for scientists at the facility to study things like Ebola and Hendra virus, as well as emerging pathogens that we don't know about. Clavho said those are not in the plans right now. He said he intends to be as open as he can about what will go on at the NBAFF.
uh, NBAF, the National Bio and Agro-Defense Facility, air movements. Barr said, that's Tim Barr said, one way to look at the safety of the NBAF is that there's a set of engineer controls, the way things are designed and a set of administrative controls, the safety protocols. He said, the combination of those things determines your overall risk profile. You have to acknowledge that there are risks to ensure proper controls are in place. He said, one of the basic features of the facility is air movement. One of the safety features is that as we used to say, air is always moving toward bad stuff. So basically, the deeper you go into the facility, more negative the pressure. If you're in a hallway in one of the animal areas of containment, then the animal room is at a lower pressure than the hallway that you're in. So when you open the door, air moves into the lab space. It's the same thing all over containment. He also said there are interlocking doors where you go in one door and the door behind you has to close and seal before the other one will open. Decontamination. In addition to the air system, everything that comes out of containment must be treated, often with a machine called an autoclave. Basically, everything that comes out of containment, whether it's liquid waste or solid waste, is treated at temperature and pressure. Barr said. So there's a thermal tissue autoclave that we use for carcass disposal. They're just giant pressure cookers. They're heated up to a high temperature. What comes out of that, even though they meet the criteria for a solid waste landfill now, we incinerate that in a medical waste incinerator here on site. Other items are treated in other autoclaves, he said. Liquid waste, just as with the solid waste, is collected in the effluent decontamination system, Barr said. That system involves 11 7,500-gallon tanks. The liquid is treated at high temperature and high pressure before being released outside the containment to NBAF's wastewater pretreatment plant, where it's conditioned before it's released to the city's wastewater system. We've been working with the city over many, many years on our industrial waste permit, Barr said. Scientists entering BSL for portions of the building have to go through a process of changing clothes in outer change rooms and donning a pressurized suit that inspects before that's inspected before they enter. The suit is connected to airlines as they move about the space. When they leave, they have to go through a chemical shower, then into a personal shower and change area before exiting. The most important uh, the most important that may sometimes people forget, in addition to having a state-of-the-art facility at the end of the day, it's the people who do the work, Clavho said. We're investing a significant amount of effort in the safety and quality of a state-of-the-art facility. Sorry, uh, of the work. We're very cautious. The team here is working very hard to ensure all of the environment is safe. I'm very excited to have a strong work team here at the National Bio and Agro Facility in Manhattan, Kansas. I'm really excited to see how everything comes together within the next few months. Ladies and gentlemen... 
I'm sure we have nothing to worry about from this uh, biosafety level four laboratory in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, well, guys, I guess we'll see how it goes. I mean, why don't we just ask the dead cows, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, let's ask the dead cows. The question that really comes up here, ladies and gentlemen, is did these cows in Kansas really die from a heat wave? That is a good question to ask indeed, ladies and gentlemen. That is a good question to ask indeed. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, this is an actual image of the cows that died. And you guys remember this, right? These cows were the only cows, the only animals that died of the heat wave in Kansas. Apparently we have, we have headlines from it, right? This one's from Breitbart, I think. It says, heat wave kills thousands of cattle in Kansas. Officials say. Uh, here's another one from the Epoch Times. And it says here, thousands of cattle dead in Kansas after extreme heat and humidity. But no other animal died, I might add, ladies and gentlemen. No other animal died in the process of that heat wave. Just the cows, right? And uh, it was in Kansas. And I'm sure it's just a coincidence that this biosafety level four lab is opening right in Manhattan, Kansas, and 2,000 cattle have perished, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, let's see what we got next on the menu from you all. Man, my internet is being throttled hard here, ladies and gentlemen, over at the C Studios, uh, but we will carry on nevertheless because we are still live from what I can tell. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, they're kind of like, oh, that dang Mr. C., Getting in on those stories we don't want them to tell. Uh, looks like we're connecting. Anyhow. Okay, so let's continue, guys. Let's continue. Uh, gosh, goodness, we are running late here already because of uh, some of the previous... Uh, let me see what we got left here on the menu. We talked about Hutchinson. Okay, we talked about Ghislaine. Let's uh, let's get into this story here, guys. Uh, we'll talk next about indigenous people, ladies and gentlemen. Indigenous people. Um, uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna do a little bit of talk about the SCOTUS rulings of recently. Of course, you know they've ruled on abortion. Uh, they've ruled on the Second Amendment. They've ruled on um, religion in schools. Okay. Now it appears because of this whole, um, uh, you know, uh, Roe v. Wade thing that is just sending the left into a scurry, ladies and gentlemen, um, that uh, the left has decided that they're going to have abortions opening up on the lands of the reservations, the indigenous people's lands, ladies and gentlemen. And it appears that the indigenous tribes are saying, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to open up abortion mills on our federal lands. Yeah, it's angering a lot of people on the left, naturally. Uh, but, uh, naturally speaking, uh, the indigenous people have said no. Let's take a look at this article, ladies and gentlemen. And it goes this way. Yep, yep, yep. It says, indigenous tribes push back on calls to open abortion clinics on federal lands. Uh, let's check it out here. I think this is from Axios. And uh, there's a very, very poignant reason why we're bringing this up. It says, representatives from some indigenous tribes tell Axios they have no plans to set up abortion clinics 
on their lands and would take offense at any non-Native Americans, including progressives, telling them what to do. Here's the big picture. The Biden administration, the Biden regime, has made clear it has no plans to pursue such moves, telling progressives who leaned on them to set up abortion clinics on federal lands in red states so that they're underestimating the legal risks and other complications. Vice President Select Kamala Harris told CNN, it's not right now what we are discussing. White House Press Secretary Karen Jean-Pierre told reporters there are dangerous ramifications to providing abortions on federal lands, but tribal leaders and legal experts are speaking out as well to ensure their position is clear. Here's what they're saying. It's an overreach for people to assume or presume that a tribe would want to do this in the first place. Stacy Leeds, a professor of law and leadership at Arizona State University Law, who previously served as a Cherokee Nation Supreme Court justice, told Axios, we have an arc of historic oppression that's really undermined a tribal ability to respond. Lauren Van Schiffelgaard, the director of UCLA Law School's Tribal Legal Development Clinic and a member of the uh, Cochiti Pueblo, told Axios. And so the idea that tribes have some magic balm is just frustrating. Even if tribes did want to set up private abortion clinics, Leeds noted, it would have not it would have to not have any federal money because it would be restricted with the Hyde Amendment and it would need to involve tribal citizens only. It's also unfair for non-natives to make safe harbor demands given the US's historic uh, history of exploitation, Van Schiffelgaard said. Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin, Hoskin Jr. of the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma said in a statement to Native News Online that Cherokee citizens hold a range of views on this subject. Now is not the time for politicians or candidates for office to use the issue to demonize tribes and drive a wedge between citizens. Following the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade, United States Representative Alexandra Occasional Cortex uh, and Senator Elizabeth um, uh, Focahontas Warren demanded the Biden administration consider building abortion facilities on federal lands located in red states. Warren and 23 other Senate Democrats also signed a letter asking Biden to take executive action. Indian health service clinics, where most natives go to for medical care, are banned from performing abortions except in certain circumstances because of the Hyde Amendment, which passed in 1976 and prevents government funds for abortions. The clinics are vastly underfunded and reproductive health care is really underserved in native communities, said Van Schiffelgaard, citing disproportionately high infant and maternal death rates among indigenous people. Establishing abortion clinics on National Park Service or Bureau of Land Management land would face a litany of legal and logistical challenges with battles over water rights and where clinics can operate in areas where there are endangered species. The Supreme Court on Wednesday ruled that states can prosecute non-natives who commit crimes against Native Americans on tribal land. Thus, a non-Native provider performing an abortion for a Native person on tribal land could be penalized. 
And uh, Public Law 280 extends state criminal law to native lands in Alaska, California, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, among other states. So it seems that the left, the Dems, the progressives, they all want to try and just circumnavigate or circumvent, you know, the ruling of Roe v. Wade being overturned by building abortion mills on in red states, federal properties. And uh, it's just so interesting to me that Axios publishes this story when just one month ago, ladies and gentlemen, this is the propaganda Axios was pushing. Apparently, indigenous women fear for their safety in a post-Roe America. So they were trying to pull on the heartstrings of everyone for the indigenous people before Roe v. Wade was overturned by saying that Indigenous women were fearing for their safety. Let's see what propaganda Axios pushed, and they now have to rescind, I'm sure. They won't rescind it. They won't correct it. But this is what they were saying. They were saying, as the Supreme Court seems poised to overturn Roe v. Wade, Native American women are sounding the alarm about how it would disproportionately endanger their lives. Oh, how objectionable this is to everything that we just read in this article, ladies and gentlemen. It says... Advocates fear overturning Roe would lead to a flood of unsafe abortions, health problems, and deaths for Native American women who suffer some of the highest rates of sexual violence in the United States and are two times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women. Okay, uh, talk about the race card. I mean, this is just totally uh, crap propaganda, right? Here's the context. The vast majority of Native Americans receive health care through the Federal Indian Health Service per treaty agreements, but the Hyde Amendment prohibits the use of federal funding for abortions except in cases of rape, incest, or when a pregnant person's life is threatened. Keep that in mind, guys, right? It prohibits the use of federal funding for abortions except in cases of rape, incest, or when pregnant women's lives are personally endangered, okay? The article goes on to say... The risk of rape or sexual assault is 2.5 times higher for Native women compared to the rest of the U.S., according to the Urban Indian Health Institute. A 2018 study found that one in two Native women will be victims of sexual violence in their lifetime. Never mind that the, art, the paragraph we just read said, what? That there are exceptions for rape? Okay, and yet they're going to go ahead and continue with this point as their leading point for why women who are indigenous natives are afraid for their lives for not being able to get abortions if Roe v. Wade is overturned. I mean, they've already uh, kind of debunked themselves, ladies and gentlemen. Some states have recently enacted abortion bans to do, that do not allow exceptions for rape or incest. Now that they are denying these services, indigenous women are out again. There's nowhere to turn, said Lauren Van Schiffelgaard, whom we just read in the previous article, is a member of the Cochiti Pueblo, who, deserve, who serves as director of UCLA Law School's Tribal Legal Development Program. Isn't this so just crazy, guys? Isn't this just crazy? They're pushing this propaganda, and then they have to come out with this article that says that the uh, indigenous natives don't want abortions on their lands. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is just uh that is just a case in point guys there through their propaganda and all of that. Amazing, isn't it? 
It is rather amazing, I think. Okay, guys. Uh, let's get into another story from the uh, Supreme Court. And this is actually going to be our last story for the night, guys. Uh, we talked about how the Supreme Court was facing the decision that dealt with the EPA and uh, carbon emissions. So uh, it looks like they have knocked another one out of the ballpark for the conservative, for those who... Uh, well, let's just say they're pissing off the left, very much so with these rulings. And it appears that the Supreme Court has socked it to the EPA and for federal control of carbon emissions, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so uh, again, our last story for tonight, guys, as we uh, wrap up the Friday, this Friday edition of the Sea Report. And uh, let's see, this article is coming to us from the Epoch Times. It goes like this. The Supreme Court narrows EPA's ability to regulate carbon dioxide emissions. Uh, let's take a gander here, guys. And uh, let me do this real quick. Four, three, eight. Okay, it says here, um, the Supreme Court ruled six to three on June 30th that the Clean Air Act does not give the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency widespread power to regulate carbon dioxide emissions that a popular theory says contributes to global warming. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the court's majority opinion in West Virginia versus the EPA court filed 2015-30 Roberts was joined by the court's other five conservatives. The court's three liberal justices, of course, dissented. While capping carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day, Roberts wrote, quoting a 1992 precedent, it is not plausible that Congress gave EPA the authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme in section 111D of the Clean Air Act. A decision of such magnitude and consequences rests with Congress itself or an agency acting pursuant to a clear delegation from that representative body, he wrote. West Virginia and 18 other states challenged the authority the Clean Air Act provides the EPA. In 2016, the Supreme Court overturned the Obama-era Clean Power Plan, which expanded controls over the industry. Next, the deregulation-minded Trump administration reversed course, easing control on the industry with its Affordable Clean Energy Rule Act. On January 19, 2021, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit struck down the ACE rule, restoring uh, some of the EPA's authority in American Lung Association versus the EPA. The court held that the EPA under Trump had misconstrued Section 7411D of the Clean Air Act. In the new opinion, the Supreme Court reversed the D.C. Circuit decision and remanded the case for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. In Justice Elena Kagan's dissent, she criticized the court's majority for a decision she said strips the EPA of the power Congress gave it to respond to the most pressing environmental challenge of our time, citing Massachusetts v. EPA 2007. Climate changes, causes, and dangers are no longer subject to serious doubt. 
modern science is unequivocal that human influence, in particular the emission of greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide, has warmed the atmosphere, ocean, and land. Whatever else this court may know about, it does not have a clue about how to address climate change. And let's say the obvious, the stakes here are high. Yet the court today prevents congressionally authorized agency action to curb power plants' carbon dioxide emissions. The court appoints itself instead of Congress or the expert agency, the decision maker on climate policy. I cannot think of many things more frightening. Oh my goodness, get over it, Kagan. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morsey <laughs> who previously told the Epoch Times that the EPA is trying to transform itself from an environmental regulator into a central energy planning authority, praised the Supreme Court. For many years, we've argued that EPA only had a narrow bit of authority to regulate carbon emissions. Morsi, a Republican who bought the appeal, said at a press conference, I think that the court today amplified that point. And once again, they also made clear that when you have something this big, something with vast economic and political significance, then that represents an extraordinary question. And that means Congress needs to step in as opposed to the uh, unelected bureaucrats. We know that over the last year and a half, the Biden administration has tried to run roughshod over the American economy with respect to its energy agenda. We want to make sure that the Biden administration, the Biden agenda is limited by basis of what Congress authorized these agencies to do. Our founders envisioned that Congress and not the unelected bureaucrats should make decisions about major issues of the day. They did not want to just have these unelected bureaucrats reach out and try to seize power where it does not exist, Morrissey said. U.S. Senator Bob Mendez, Menendez criticized the ruling and the six conservative justices. We're not going to read his words. Um, it says here, uh, make no mistake with the, this, this devastating ruling. Oh, I guess we are going to read his words to cap off this article. He says, make no mistake with this devastating ruling in West Virginia v. EPA. The conservative majority of the court continues to take our country backward. And more worrisome, it opens the door to far-reaching implications for how other federal agencies generally create regulations to implement existing legislation moving forward. Oh, goodness, you guys can just bet the left are just having a filled day with these rulings, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm glad to share it with you here at the C Report. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our show for tonight. I am just pissing off whoever it is that's throttling my uh, internet. And uh, you know what? The denizens of this household can suffer no more for what I do here every evening, Monday through Friday. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap it up. You know, I had a couple of more stories to share with you guys, but it's just, it's, you know, I got to be fair and I cannot uh, deprive my family of their right to Wi-Fi access as it has been cut off here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even lying. All right, uh, but you know what? We'll be back. We always come back here at the Sea Report, regardless of how long we're down 
or how long we're out. I thank you all for joining us tonight, and I thank you all for hanging in there through all of the technical difficulties, the throttling, the slowness of movement. Uh, but uh, it's a joy to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, join us over at thecreport.com. Uh, follow us over at Truth Social at MRCTV, over at Gab at MR underscore CTV. Make sure you check out the podcast at anchor.fm slash the sea report or get a hold of your favorite podcast player your favorite music player app search us out there we are available to you all and we always will be ladies and gentlemen now with that said guys we'll see you next time live here at the sea report or on any of the other broadcasts that we do whether that is sea in the dark lone star news or perhaps uh, you know we're hanging out during a, a live screening live streaming uh, broadcast of a save america rally or a uh, you know a judicial or a committee hearing we'll do it with you guys again shortly but until then as always be safe be blessed and god bless america we'll see you next time this is Mr. C signing out. Till then, have a great night and a happy 4th of July weekend.